Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are previewing the East Division semifinal between the Tiger Cats and Alouettes with our friend Rick Samperin of CHML in Hamilton. We are also talking to Westman volleyball player Matt Klisch today on the podcast. It's a rarity that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in the playoffs, but they're not playing in the opening weekend of the playoffs. We've got a first round bye for the first time in a decade, so they can sit back and watch the West and East final. We'll preview the West tomorrow night. Tonight we go to the East and check in with Rick Zamperin, our friend from CHML in the Steel City, because the Hamilton Ticats are hosting Montreal Sunday afternoon. Rick, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. What's the excitement level in Hamilton for this team in a year that they get to host the Grey Cup if they were to make it? Well, the buzz is real, that is for sure. This is you know, a city that has not hosted a Grey Cup in 25 years, uh, a city that has had you know, a contending team but has not won a Grey Cup since 1999. So it's been a while in terms of celebrating uh, being the host city or a Grey Cup championship, and obviously Winnipeg knows that latter part all too well up until a couple of years ago. And, you know, this is the first playoff game in Hamilton since that run to the 2019 Grey Cup final. So, yeah, lots of excitement in town. There is some trepidation because with playoff football, we know that anything could happen, and if things don't go right, uh, you know, the season is over. There's a finality to this game. Uh, one way or another. So uh, lots of excitement, but there is a little bit of worry in Steel Town, uh, as there usually is at this point of the season. So each team in the East that made the playoffs, the Argonauts at 9-5, and five, Hamilton at 8-6, and six, and Montreal at 7-7, seven and seven, there were big inconsistencies for all three of the teams throughout the season. Hard to really get a picture of who was the best team in the East Division. I'm still not sure who is. I'm not sure if it's Toronto. They actually have a negative point differential. Hamilton's plus 80 and the Ticats defense has been pretty dang solid is it their defense really that has been the difference maker this year as they've kind of had a quarterback carousel yeah well no question I mean I think overall this team has been you know very inconsistent I think they're better than their you know that their record indicates let's not forget you know they, they lost to an Argonauts team on a missed extra point towards the end of the game. They lost in overtime against the Montreal Alouettes, those two games. Very winnable contest, so they could easily be a 10-win team. But, you know, uh, the fact of the matter is they did not win those ball games, so their record is what they are. But it has been the defense that's been the most consistent part of this team from day one up until this point. Uh, they have some playmakers on defense, most notably Simone Lawrence and Cameron Kelly to – uh, really uh, exceptional linebackers. The front four has been uh, good. You know, Ja'Garrett Davis, Dylan Wynn leading that pack. Julian Hauser's come on very strong of late as well. And their secondary, I think, is one of the best in the league. I mean, they're up there in terms of interceptions among the league leaders and past knockdowns. Um, you know, they give up some yards here and there, but uh, for the most part, they don't allow a lot of points. And offensively, you know, this is a team that's had <laughs> its, its ups and downs, whether it's quarterbacks getting hurt or quarterbacks not playing well or not having a run game or their O-line really being abysmal at the start of the season. And then on special teams, they haven't really had the return game that they've had in previous years with the likes of Brandon Banks and Frankie Williams, the latter of which is still hurt and is probably not going to be back this season because of concussion woes. And their kicking game is just all over the place. Uh, you know, Taylor Bertolette has been released. Michael Gamagala is back, he being the one hitting the upright against the Argos in that 17-16 loss 
several weeks ago. Um, you know, so, so going into Sunday, you know, if they play their best, they should win, but we haven't seen this team at its best. So the confidence level on what we're going to see is kind of a 50-50 split some, uh, right now, right? You know, a, lot of, a lot of fans are thinking, yeah, this team's going to go all the way. There's just as many thinking, oh, they're going to blow it here in the first round. What have you thought of Jeremiah Mazzoli this year? You know, underwhelming at times, but there has been some weeks in which he's been absolutely exceptional. I mean, he was a CFL top performer not too long ago, a player of the week. Um, in, in some games, he looks like he's the MOP. And in other games, it's like, who is this guy and why is he starting this football game? Um, so it's really been a roller coaster. Uh, you know, at the start of the year, had you know an, an injury uh, to his ribs that obviously prevented him from playing. Um, you know, he was two years removed from playing in a game because of his ACL injury that basically wiped out the, the second half of his 2019 season. Of course, last year, nobody played football. So, you know, we gave him a little bit of leeway coming into this year because he had to play a little bit of catch up in terms of, you know, finding his rhythm and making sure his knee was great when the live bullets were flying. But yeah, it's it's been up and down all season long for uh, for number eight in black and gold. And you know they've had a good backup plan with Dane Evans who came in, but then he too got hurt, and they had to rely on their third stringer and David Watford, who lo and behold won both of his starts. It's been that kind of kind of crazy year here in Hamilton. Uh, but they're in the playoffs, and this is uh, when uh, when it counts. And uh, if you win, they keep on going, and if not, uh, the party's over. What kind of impact can Braylon Addison have as he comes back? Well, we're not 100% sure if he is going to be back Sunday. Uh, head coach Rolando Steiner said the other day it would be a long shot for him to play. Now, that might just be him you know, playing mind games with Montreal and what they plan to do on defense. But with him in the lineup, and if he's near 100%, you know, this, this offense is much more lethal and versatile in terms of how it can attack an opposing defense. So, you know, with, with Addison, he's a perennial 1,000-yard receiver if healthy through a full season. Brandon Banks has had a down year, but at least Addison will open up a little bit more space for Banks. He's not going to face as many double teams. And that helps some of the other guys, too, like Jalen Acklin, who's coming on. Uh, Steve Dunbar Jr. has had a pretty good, solid rookie season in the Canadian Football League. Uh, you know, Tim White has shown some flashes of brilliance. So adding another weapon for Masoli is, is obviously wouldn't be a bad thing. And that, I think that, too, helps out the ground game with Don Jackson who has been really sensational since he's come on a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, with any team adding a, a high profile, excellent player like a Braylon Addison, that, uh, that could only be good things, but uh, we, we kind of have our doubts on whether or not he's going to play on Sunday. And they're going up against a Montreal Alouettes team that had a chance to at least keep its hopes of a home game alive last week and just blew it completely blew it at home against Ottawa Mm-hmm. They don't scare me if I'm an opponent. They've been all over the map. Obviously, once Vernon Adams goes down, it's been kind of a mess at quarterback. Trevor Harris, they trade for. That hasn't been awesome. But what do you think of the threat that the Alouettes pose to come into Hamilton and win on Sunday? Yeah, you know, as purely as a fan, I wouldn't underestimate any team at this point of the season. But, yeah, in saying that, they have been really up and down this year. But they do have, you know, some solid players all over the field, really. And, and, you know, when you look at their offense, they, they can score some points if they put it all together. But that's been their problem. They haven't been able to put it together, whether Adams is their QB or, or now Trevor Harris. But, you know, they have some weapons. Everyone knows about William Standback. Give him the ball and, 
you know, if that O-line's doing what it's doing, he's apt to get 100 yards or more and, you know, a couple of TDs, whether it's Quan Bray or Gino Lewis or Jake Winicky, Like, they have some weapons on offense that they can score some points. Just it has not been a consistent onslaught of offense for that Montreal team for whatever reason this year. Defensively, they can get after the football. We know the guarantee that Patrick Levels made earlier on this week that he's guaranteeing a win, calling out some of the Ticats players and coaches. Um, so the motivation is there. The talent, I think, is there on all sides of the ball for both teams. That This should be an exciting game. So are you bold enough as to give a prediction? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I never shy away from predicting who I think is going to win. I think the Ticats, top to bottom, are a better team. They're at home. They're hosting the Great Cup. They have the bulletin board material, thanks to Mr. Levels. Um, I think they're going into the playoffs with a little more, uh, you know, a wind in, in their sails. Um, I, I, yeah, I think they're the better team. I think I think it's going to be a close game, somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 to 20. Um, I think the Ticats win on Sunday. And a quick soccer question, because I know you're a soccer fan. Hamilton's going to yeah. be hosting January 30th, uh, World Cup qualifier match Canada and the U.S. We think the Grey Cup's going to be cold. That match, holy smokes, who knows what it'll be like. <laughs> what is the, what's the soccer community like in Hamilton, and what kind of reception has there been? It's only been four hours since this has been announced, but what's been the reception to that news? Yeah, it, it's, been, it's been really good. I mean, uh, Hamilton is home to the two-time defending Canadian Premier League champion, uh, Forge FC, who is on the cusp of potentially becoming the first-ever a Canadian-based team to win a CONCACAF League trophy. They're in the semifinals right now, the CONCACAF League. Um, soccer in Hamilton is huge from, you know, the, the, the kid level all the way now to the, uh, obviously, pro level with, with Forge FC and the success that they've had. And this announcement has really created a big ripple effect in this community because, you know, the Grey Cup is on December 12th. We have the um, World Cup qualifying match between Canada and the U.S. on January 30th. Tim Field also hosting the Heritage Classic between the Leafs and Sabres uh, in March. Uh, things are happening in Steeltown. Tim Hortons Field is a big beneficiary of that. Um, but, yeah, this soccer decision, I, you know, if you're coming to the game, bring some long underwear and a toque, that is for sure, because you're going to need it on January 30th. I can't imagine the players on the field if it's minus 20, feeling like minus 30 with the wind chill and how that game would go down. But it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> and we thought it was cold in Edmonton a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's going to be fun. All right, Rick, appreciate your time. Have fun this weekend at the game. All right, thanks. Enjoy. Take care. Time now for a weekly check-in with Westman Athletics, and today we're checking in on the Westman men's volleyball team again, who return to action tomorrow night at home against the Saskatchewan Huskies. Matt Klish in his fourth year of eligibility with the Westman. He's a setter who graduated from Dakota Collegiate a number of years ago. I had the chance to talk to Matt earlier today before he went to practice, and I started by asking him what I've asked pretty much every other Westman athlete that's come on the show in this weekly segment, just how it feels to be back playing sports again. Uh, it's been great. Uh, you take it for granted uh, when you get to do it for so much of your life and then uh, just, just get stripped away from you and um, had that kind of year off to reflect and get better. And now that we're back, it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling to be back playing with those guys and uh, playing a sport that I enjoy a lot. So um, it's, been, uh, it's been awesome. How much were you able to actually practice and keep up your skills during the the long break? How hard was it when you're, you know, volleyball is kind of a sport where you need other people, right? 
yeah yeah it was it was tough for sure especially with the the guidelines and safety precautions that uh everyone was having to go through at the peak of the pandemic so um we we found ways uh to do it safely once stuff started to ease up and um we had a lot of safety precautions as well and um when it was really locked down i was pretty lucky enough to uh jump on kind of gain some uh, equipment for the basement some weights and stuff right when uh COVID-19 started and uh I was lucky to kind of have some stuff here in the home to keep me close to um in-season shape so um I was, I was very lucky in that uh part of training during those times but as far as your your setting ability can you do that on your own do you just work on bumping against a wall or something like that <laughs> yeah I uh I, I tried to do it uh when my mom wasn't home out the on the garage because uh, she hates the rattling it makes in the inside the house she hates the noise so <laughs> it was uh it was kind of something like that every once in a while or just kind of in the basement just saying it just above my head uh <laughs> a short distance and uh and when I could when it was safe to go out I'd try to play beach volleyball with some of my buddies so that that was the closest I could get to touching a volleyball when I wasn't able to get in the gym. So when you get back into the swing of things this season, were you ready to go or was there a lot of rust? Uh, there was for sure rust. Yeah, it's it's not the same. Or I, there was definitely a lack of uh, like weights and stuff that I could train going in beforehand in some, some ways. And um. But, you know, you get done and then um, once, they, once things opened up and we're practicing every day, you get back in that rhythm. And, um, yeah, and then we've just been getting better, trying to get better every day. And, yeah, uh, hopefully the rust has been shed. And so into this season now, the – team started with a, a split against Brandon and then you had a split against the Bisons and then you have 20 days off between your last game and then tomorrow night when you're back at it against the Huskies you have so much time without playing you get a couple games in and then you got to wait three weeks again what's that break been like uh it's been good uh, we're pretty lucky to have uh Cal Botterill a part of our staff along with Larry McCain um he's been helping us a lot with uh sports psych and kind of like the art and the science behind like recovery and rest and um preparing ourselves during like this kind of huge spread of time in between games so um it's been a good 20 days for us to kind of reset and and unwind a little bit um and getting ourselves geared up for this series against Saskatchewan so um, we've been able to get a lot of stuff done both on and off the court, and uh, hopefully it shows come this week series against Saskatchewan. How does your team stack up against the Huskies? Uh, it's going to be close. I think our division is going to be uh, like all the teams. They got a bunch of stud players, and um, I think all the matches are going to be close throughout this season. So um, it's it's going to be it's going to be two good games Friday and Saturday. So we'll we'll see how it shakes out. 
You played them in preseason back at the start of October. Does that matter at all going into this weekend series, or is that so far in the past and it was preseason that it doesn't really matter? Uh, I don't really think it matters so much now. Uh, I, there's uh, there's been a lot of time for all athletes to get uh, their skills um, more finer tuned and stuff worked out, and um, both us and them, I think, are gonna show some stuff that uh, wasn't there in that preseason tournament and um it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a, a whole new game and it's gonna be uh some good games so um yeah we'll uh hope, hope we got a good game plan and we'll uh we'll see what happens take me back to the start of your volleyball i guess life if you will when did you first start playing how old were you uh i started playing in uh, I, I guess like gym classes in elementary school probably around like grade six or seven around then and um and started to pick it up more so as um uh, an actual kind of like sporting activity i think i joined uh dakota diggers program um during grade seven somewhere in there so uh yeah i've been playing playing some kind of form of it team-wise and competitively since then. When did you know that you were good and that you this is something you could keep pursuing at each further level of your schooling? Uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I just, I just kind of kept my head down and worked really hard at it and um, really enjoyed it. And then coming out of high school, uh i didn't know what to expect and um larry at uw was the most in my corner and um wanted me to be a part of his his team there at uw and um i'm just so grateful he gave me the opportunity and just kind of took it and went and um it's been the best decision i ever made it's it's pretty awesome to have that experience to play sports in university and um it's it's a lot of fun have you considered yet what you're going to do when you're done university uh yeah i i got uh some ideas in mind uh <laughs> just kind of take it in stride i think and uh see where life takes me uh it's it, it seems like with like covid now in everyone's life things can change from week to week so um yeah, we'll we'll just see what happens and uh, enjoy the moment. Is there like a number one dream though at the top of the list? <laughs> I, I would love to do something with sports. Uh, I don't know uh, whether uh, that'll be like maybe something with like my accounting degree or um, something different. Uh, I always kind of dreamed it'd be cool to be a general manager of some kind of team or coach a team or something like that uh i just just sports is so prevalent and a big part of my life i would just love to do something hopefully with it uh, down the road looking uh let's before i let you go back to this this season the fact that you're only playing three other schools over the course of the year how does that change how the season feels compared to your first three years as a westman uh it's definitely uh different in terms of uh preparation the additional preparation kind of days that we get where we're not uh on the road traveling as much to 
these universities out west. So we have a lot of these uh, games basically here in Winnipeg or close by and Brandon, Saskatchewan, where we don't have to take time off for travel. And um, it's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be some animosity probably by the end once we play, get the sixth game against uh, each of these uh, teams. And um, going to be pretty competitive. And uh, yeah, we'll just see how, uh, how it unfolds. Well, appreciate your time tonight. Thank you for this, Matt. And best of luck this season and uh, with everything else you're doing. Thanks. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. And thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the days. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your